Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bad Bleeps of the Bible. In the quiet Bethlehem countryside, a group of shepherds were tending to their flock. Things seemed business as usual. Some sheep bleeps, bleats, bleeps, some quiet rustles in the dark, some whispers beside the crackling fire. The moon shone bright over them as they settled into the quiet of the evening, preparing for a night like any other. Regular. Normal. When suddenly and without warning, there arose from all around them a shining light, and in front of their eyes an angelic being rose into view. They screamed, they ran, they scattered, and they were terrified. And in the midst of their fear, their running, the angel spoke. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And with this proclamation, more angels appeared in the sky, filling the dark Bethlehem night with divine light. And their voices joined together in singing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And just as quickly as they had appeared, they were gone. The shepherds returned to the stillness, forever changed, for they had witnessed a miracle. They looked at each other, probably silently asking each other if they really had seen what they thought they had just seen. And when they've confirmed it with each other, they said to one another, let's go, let's go to Bethlehem, let's find this baby. And leaving their flock, they departed to the town of Bethlehem to witness another miracle that had just occurred earlier on that silent night, the birth of the miracle Messiah. On the night of Mary and Joseph's arrival into Bethlehem earlier that day, the town was overflowing with people who, just like Mary and Joseph, were returning to the city to be counted. They were all seeking a place to sleep and a place to eat and a place to stay. And in the midst of this town were a series of inns or places of rest for some definitely weary travelers. However, Mary and Joseph did not arrive until late into the evening. And all was still and quiet in the little town as the population finally settled into rest. And as the night gathered, the last two travelers slowly made their way up the road, Mary and Joseph. They were tired, and Mary was heavy with child. She had a precious baby to be carrying. Of course they were going to be arriving last. And all they really wanted to do was to find a room for the night. And not only that, Mary... Being pregnant was very close to giving birth. Contractions were happening. Miraculous contractions. Miraculous. What are they called? Contractions. Send help. But unfortunately, with the census and the overabundance of people, as we mentioned, the town was filled to bursting. The houses were incredibly crowded. And as for the inns, every single room was full. Mary and Joseph went from one inn to the other, asking for a room, asking for a place to stay, asking for a place to have this baby. 
Each and every innkeeper, though, said no. There was no room. However, finally, one kind innkeeper offered to them not a room, but a stable. The only room, in air quotes, that he had left. This stable, most likely the bottom floor of the family's dwelling, um, with their own rooms in the chambers above said stable, would have to do. It was stinky, it was smelly, but it would have to be their resting place for the night. But as it turns out, it was the perfect space for a miracle. For in the beauty and the simplicity of this stable, Mary gave birth to the Messiah, the foretold miracle whose coming forth had been from of old, from everlasting. He who would be called Emmanuel or God with us. It happened in this stable. They took this precious baby, wrapped him in swaddling clothes and placed him in the only space available, a manger, which for those who aren't of the farm variety is a long open box or trough for animals to eat from. And with their precious miracle resting in the straw of the manger, Mary and Joseph looked down upon their son with joy, naming him Jesus, just as the angel had commanded them to do. A name which meant healed, made whole, delivered. It was only a short time later that the first of their visitors would arrive. Our out-of-breath group of shepherds who we opened the story with. They had been searching throughout Bethlehem to find this baby that was told to them by these angels. And they had finally found him. The angel had been correct. Just as stated, they found the precious babe wrapped in these swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And with their hearts near to exploding with joy, with with wonder, with out-of-breathness, and with gratitude, they rushed off to tell everyone they could about this miraculous occurrence, about the angel that they had seen in the fields, and about this baby born in a manger. But again... They were just the first of Jesus' visitors. Since right after the shepherds departed, our wandering wise men arrived. Remember them? Our three wise men from the east? They had finally left the court of King Herod the Great and followed the star to Bethlehem, and to this, a humble stable. And there they found the baby Jesus, the Messiah promised of old that they had been researching and they had been studying. And though he was only a little child, these wise and powerful men knelt down before him, presenting him with three very special gifts. The first, gold. The second gift, frankincense. And the third gift, myrrh. Three gifts with three very symbolic meanings. The gold was to represent his kingship, his kingship over both heaven and of earth as the foretold savior and Messiah. The frankincense, the second gift, was used in worship in the temple of Israel at the time. And this represented the worship of the newborn babe and the future worship of the savior of Israel. And finally, with dark symbolism, was the final gift, myrrh, which was used in funeral preparations at the time. And this myrrh was to foretell and represent the baby Jesus' final act on this earth as an adult, his death 
on the cross, the final act needed for him to become the true Messiah. Three very special gifts from three very special men. And after presenting said gifts and probably further savoring the miraculous moment they had just witnessed and been a part of, they departed. But fortunately, not back to Herod's court. For God, if it turns out, in a dream, lots of dreams happening, had warned the wise men not to go back to Herod, not to tell him about this babe, not to tell him of the birth of Jesus. Rather, God instructed them to return to their own kingdoms, holding within them this incredible story of the star, of the horrible king, and of the awaited Messiah, the answer to their prophecies of which they had been reading and researching. But this leaves our villain, King Herod, alone and stewing in his thoughts. He finally found out that these wise men had had departed from Bethlehem and did not return to him. He was livid. And assuming that he had been deceived, and also assuming that these men had actually met the foretold king of Israel, remember he's super jealous of the king of Israel title, he ordered probably what is one of the most atrocious acts in Israeli's history. He ordered the murder of every boy child under the age of two in Bethlehem. You know, just to be safe, because who knows how long this baby Jesus had been born, this king of the Jews. He ordered the genocide of children, a dark mark in this Christmas story. But all was not lost since baby Jesus, at this moment, was not in Bethlehem anymore. He was saved. For no sooner had the wise men actually left Bethlehem than an angel appeared yet again to Joseph in a dream. The angel commanded Joseph to immediately arise to take the young baby child and marry his mother and flee to Egypt until the angel appeared again, letting them know that it is safe to return to Israel. And Joseph did just that, with he and Mary swiftly gathering their belongings, lifting baby Jesus gently from his manger bed and departing into the night on their 12-hour journey into Egypt. Safe for now. And so the promised Messiah was saved from certain death until the day when he is slain in the ultimate sacrifice. And in the gentle glow of Bethlehem's starlight night, this culmination of divine prophecies and celestial wonders unfolded in the humbleness of a stable. The birth of baby Jesus was heralded by angels and discovered by shepherds and wise men marked the dawn of a new era. As the town slept, unaware of this cosmic spectacle, the world was forever changed by the arrival of this extraordinary child. His birth, wrapped in simplicity, yet radiating profound significance, bridged the gap between heaven and earth offering humanity a beacon of hope and redemption. And in the quiet aftermath of that sacred night, Mary pondered in her heart all of these things, remembering Bethlehem and remembering her precious place in this story. Bethlehem still echoes with 
a timeless resonance. We're still telling this Christmas story today. This Christmas story that's woven with threads of humility, of joy, and of divine intervention and dreams and angels. And it continues to reverberate throughout the ages. We're still telling it now. Still being told. This story is still being told and celebrated to this day. And the journey from the divine proclamation to the manger, guided by angels, shepherds, and wise men, and veiled a narrative that has absolutely transcended time and space. The Christmas tale represents love, the enduring power of love, the miraculous and the universal promise of hope that emanates from the story of a child born in Bethlehem who would, regardless of your beliefs, forever change the world. Emmanuel, God with us, the Messiah, the boy child, baby Jesus. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Please check us out on Monday where we will have a special Christmas cut of Uncut. That's right. Freddie is coming back with a vengeance where we're going to talk all things Christmas, share our Christmas stories, share our Bible Christmas stories and our church Christmas stories. You want to hear how Scott almost lit the church on fire with 150 lanterns put in paper bags? Then you better tune in to this special Christmas episode of Uncut this Monday with Frederick. Please feel free to get in touch with me and share those thoughts, those church stories, those questions at badbleepsofthebible at gmail.com. You can also find us on Insta and on TikTok at badbleepsofthebible. Sources for today's story can be found in the show notes. And please rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. Check you next time. And what? Catch you next time. And watch out for crazy dreams and Christmas miracles. Bye, everybody. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you celebrate, have a wonderful holiday. Bye.